Welcome to City Daily. My name is Lindsay, and I hope this podcast finds you enjoying this time of Lent, as challenging as it might be at times. During this time, one of the things I really try to lean into is my prayer life. Do you ever feel guilt or shame around not praying enough? Or do you sometimes feel like you have no idea what to pray or where to even start? I know that I have felt these things regularly at times. And what I want to discuss with you today is the Lord's Prayer and how it has helped shape my prayer life. The Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, and is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. To understand the Lord's Prayer, we first need to understand the context. Throughout Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, He reveals how His kingdom really works. What He establishes is different than anything the world has seen. He takes common practices and beliefs and flips them on their head. He reveals that his kingdom is upside down when compared to the world. Jesus is painting a picture of what is true or what true discipleship looks like. When we read these words, we often read them as a good idea, but Jesus actually expects his followers to live and act like this. Here he is teaching his followers how to pray and what to pray about. Let's dive into the meaning of the Lord's Prayer verse by verse so that we can better understand its powerful truth. First, let's read through the Lord's Prayer. Here's how it goes. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may already know these words, or maybe they're new to you, but the significance of the Lord's Prayer isn't found in the words alone, but in the themes. Jesus isn't teaching us the exact words we should pray. He's teaching us the themes we should incorporate into our prayers. Jesus is teaching his followers how to pray, Not just the words to say, but the structure to follow. Let's dive into the meaning of the Lord's Prayer verse by verse. Starting with verse 9, it says, Our Father who is in heaven. The opening of Jesus' prayer seems normal to us today, but 2,000 years ago, those who heard this would have been floored. Father is a personal term that reveals how accessible God is to us. For the Jews in the audience, this was a shocking revelation. God was not some distant being, but rather a father who had a vested interest in his children. Today, we often take God's fatherhood for granted. God, the creator of the universe, is accessible to us, and not just accessible, but he's our father. The Lord's Prayer teaches us that God is present and cares about us. He's our heavenly father. We don't have to come to him with perfect words, and we don't have to hide our emotions from him. He's not scared or offended by our anger or disappointment. You're invited to talk to him just as you would a friend or your own father. Continuing in verse 9, it says, Hallowed be your name. Some versions say, May your name be kept holy. God is our heavenly father and we can approach him anytime. However, the second part shows us the manner in which we should do so. God is holy. We should approach Him with a sense of reverence, acknowledging that He is holy, and we are in awe. God's name isn't something that we should throw out without care. 
The name of God is holy and needs to be kept that way. Now, I'm not saying we need to use fancy words or make ourselves into something we're not. We can come to Him as we are, but we should come into His presence in awe, and we shouldn't forget the reverence at the moment. Another key component is calling His hallowed name not only in awe, but in thanksgiving. I've tried to make this a practice in my own life, to always thank the Lord for His goodness or something He's done in my life before bringing Him a new request. Let's move to verse 10. Your kingdom come. Often in life, we're tempted to think about the kingdoms of the earth. The Lord's Prayer reminds us that for followers of Jesus, we belong to a different kingdom. Our time here will end and the world will not last forever. And that's okay. Our hope is not in this present world. Rather, our hope is in what we cannot yet see. When Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, He is reminding us that our hope is in the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this earth. Continuing in verse 10, it says, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We often like to think that life is about us, or at least I do. But this is a reminder that I'm tasked with building God's kingdom, not mine. For all who follow Jesus, our lives should be about fulfilling God's will, not our own. We are to die to our own desires and submit to Him. It's not about accomplishing our own will, but God's will. It's not about praying for circumstances to happen the way we want them to. I truly pray this part carefully. I let my requests and desires, desired outcomes be known, but ultimately, I'm submitting them to the will of the Father. This is a reminder that I always need. It's so easy to abandon the will of God and start doing what I want to do. But with God's grace for my mistakes and with the help of the Holy Spirit, I continually remind myself that it's about God's will and His kingdom, not mine. This is not always easy. Let's move on to verse 11. It says, Give us today our daily bread. The middle of this prayer is filled with requests for our needs. Our daily bread represents our physical needs and what we need in this life to live. In other words, God is a father who wants to provide for his children. We often have this picture that God just wants us to obey, but he also cares for us and we should bring him our needs. Jesus reminds us of this later in the same chapter of Matthew 6 when he says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap, yet the father feeds them or the flowers of the field. He says they're here today and gone tomorrow, but he still clothes them. And he says, how much more will I care for you? To God, our needs are important and he will meet them. Verse 12, and forgive us our sins. Just as we talked about God meets our physical needs, he also meets our eternal needs. The forgiveness of our sins is what we need so that we can live eternally with him. God cares about our here and now, and he greatly cares about our future and spending it with him in eternity. Continuing in verse 12, it says, As we forgive those who sin against us. What's interesting here is that Jesus seems to assume that when you've been forgiven, you will forgive. He's not saying we should forgive others, but we will forgive the sins of others. That's the mark of true forgiveness. It's easy to throw stones at other sinners, but when we do that, they tend to come right back at us. When we recognize the magnitude of our own sin, 
We will put down our stones and forgive those who have wronged us. Why? Because God's grace is enough. The Lord's Prayer teaches us that those who recognize the amount they've been forgiven will forgive those around them. Lastly, we'll read verse 13. It says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Some versions say, Rescue us from the evil one. This prayer ends with the idea of the magnitude of what's happening behind the scenes. There's a whole spiritual world out there that you and I cannot see. And the reality is, we need God's strength to get by. Matt has said many times before that if we could pull back the curtain just to see a glimpse of the spiritual, our prayer lives would never be the same. And I couldn't agree more. That means we should stay in tune with the Holy Spirit to help guide us and direct us. We cannot do this on our own strength. How do we do this? Through prayer and actively leaning on God. So to recap, the Lord's Prayer is a pattern that Jesus taught his followers to pray in everyday life. The significance of this short prayer is in what the words point us to and remind us of. These themes are what should be incorporated into our prayers. I'm not saying that we have to pray each specific theme in order every time we pray, nor am I saying it's bad to recite this prayer. But when we look at our prayer life, we should see a balance of all these things. The Lord's Prayer is a reminder of who God is and how we should engage with Him. So I'd like to encourage you, the next time you're unsure of what to pray, start by reading the Lord's Prayer and then pattern your own prayers off the themes that Jesus used.